We welcome you to the ADHD Smarter Parenting Podcast. Here to heal and elevate lives is your parenting coach, Kimber Peterson. Hello, welcome to Smarter Parenting. I'm one of your hosts, I'm Kimber Peterson, and I'm really excited to talk with you guys about love languages. Tis the season, right? So as we head into this February, I wanted to talk a little bit about love languages and what that means with our children. If you're not familiar with the five love languages, an excellent writer, Gary Chapman, wrote a series of books about relating to others and the ways that people communicate with those that they love and categorize those into five different categories called the five love languages. There's a series of books, like I said, some of them about love languages generally, and some of them tailored to specific people like your spouse or your children. As we work with kids, their love languages might look a little bit different than adults. And so it's a really great read. If you wanted to look for it, you're welcome to. Again, the author is Gary Chapman. In our podcast today, I wanted to talk a little bit and introduce this topic so that we could continue it on throughout the month of February and find different ways that we can challenge ourselves to expand the ways we communicate our love with our children and to expand our interpretation of how our children are expressing love towards us. A lot of times being a parent can be such a thankless job. We do so many things for our kids. I mean, the acts of service go on and on and on and on. Understanding and learning more about these love languages can help you understanding and and interpreting the ways that your kids are communicating their love and expressing that to you. So to get us started, I'm going to walk through those five love languages, and then we're going to start talking a little bit about how to use the skill of observing and describing in order for you to begin that assessment process of figuring out what does that really mean to your child. Then in the next couple of podcasts, we'll break down the five love languages a little bit more so that you have some context and some things to watch out for and some tips of things that you can do and the ways those love languages impact them. So diving in, the five love languages are first, physical touch, second, quality time, third, gifts, fourth, acts of service, and fifth, words of affirmation. Those different love languages all mean different things to different people, and you're going to see them interpreted in a variety of ways. So as you do that, physical touch can be a pretty basic one for a lot of people. We're pretty aware of when people touch us or when we touch them. It's an easy love language to start implementing or to be aware of opportunities to implement, at least. But it's one that is pretty identifiable for a lot of people. So physical touch might be things like holding their hand or patting their back or them coming and sitting close to you. All of those different things would express their love with physical touch. Now, quality time is a little bit more than just being present. It it goes in a little bit deeper. It's it's taking those moments of, hey, we have to go and do this errand and making it into a meaningful connection. With that quality time, we might change things from, you know, going to the grocery store to an, an invitation. Why don't you come to the grocery store with me and a quality conversation in the car? It would be times of giving them your undivided attention. They might want to tell you about their school day. So rather than doing that and kind of listening in the background, take the time to pause and really listen to what they're saying. Those are great ways of determining and seeing where kids care about quality time. So the next one is gifts. And kids love to give gifts. It's one of the first love languages that they really start learning about. 
probably outside of physical touch, but um, it's one of those fundamental ones. They start to give you things or be proud of things. So they'll build you a Lego set and they'll pick you a flower and all of those different great things. Gifts can be a harder one for parents to give back. So if your child really cares a lot about love languages, then gifts can be a trickier one because obviously we don't have money trees and we don't just buy gifts all the time. And it's important that in this love languages, the gifts aren't just gifts to be given, that they're gifts with meaning. And so there also is the mental work of deciding, you know, what's meaningful to my child? What do they care about? What's a memory? Those kinds of things and attaching that to them. So our kids that really care about gifts might love receiving that love by getting a souvenir from a family vacation or getting a photo book of different things that you've enjoyed doing with them. Sticker charts and those kinds of reward systems might be really enforcing to those kids because They'll want to have that tangible item or, or memento of their accomplishments. And so as they achieve things, being able to put a sticker on a chart or those kinds of things can be really reinforcing. Now, the next one is acts of service. And I know that you feel like you give so many acts of service to your kids because as parents, we all do. We give limitless acts of service, whether that's getting up in the middle of the night to clean up, throw up, or you know, doing their laundry and buying the clothes that they wear, all of those different things. But Acts of service is a really interesting one in kids. And, and I've been identifying this one in my son lately. And so it's been interesting to try to find ways that I can see and understand how acts of service are so important to him. So my son is four years old and he is very capable. He's a capable little boy. And he's at that age where he could do a lot of things. And my husband and I have joked about how he's really lacked some of that independent stage where he hasn't been, you know, fighting with us to want to do his own seatbelt. He would let me buckle him in every single day, all the days, but he's capable of buckling in his seatbelt. So a lot of times for convenience, when I'm putting him in the car, I want him to buckle his own seatbelt. <laughs> do it yourself. You're four years old. You know how to do this. This independence is good, but he doesn't want to. He wants me to do it for him. There's a lot of those things where he wants me to do it for him. Even just last night, my son said that he wanted a drink of water. And I said, that was, that was fine to go get a cup and to get the drink of water. And he started crying and said that he could get the cup and he knew how to fill it up, but he didn't want to do that. He wanted me to do it for him. So he would rather go all the way to the kitchen, get the cup, bring it all the way to me so that I could fill up the cup for him so that he could then go to bed. So that's what we did. He brought the cup to my room. I filled it up in the bathroom and he went to bed with it because he wanted me to fill it instead of just filling it himself in the fridge like he could. Those little acts of service are really important to him. And it's been meaningful for me to try to see those inconveniences as positive things and ways that I can really express my love for him. So I'm excited for the podcast where we're going to dive into that one more because I feel like as a parent, it's something that I'm really working on and it's something I've been very aware of lately. The next one uh, that I wanted to talk to you guys about was words of affirmation. And this is a great one. This is one that we talk about a lot in Smarter Parenting because we go over things like effective praise and how to verbally reinforce your kids. Words of affirmation are really important to kids, uh, especially your auditory learners. They really want to hear what they're accomplishing and what they're doing well. Now, the great thing about this love language is we don't always want to just um, acknowledge and identify their accomplishments. We want to identify and acknowledge their their efforts. And so a lot of this one we'll go over and we'll talk about ways that you can affirm their efforts and their intentions as they head into things and reinforce them with encouraging words and use phrases like, I love you and I care about you and I love seeing X, Y, or Z from you. Those kinds of things that really help reinforce 
that relationship with your child and, and help them feel heard. So words of affirmation is a fun one with kids. And a lot of times when they're expressing that to you, you'll see it in things like notes to you. Sometimes we get those kids that start learning how to write and they really care about writing you notes and those kinds of things, um, or even just drawing a picture if they don't know how yet. They might say reinforcing and positive things to you or say, I love you a lot. <laughs> and, and so there's lots of ways that we can start to see that in our kids as they start to give their love back. Now, I've talked a little bit about how we receive love languages and we give love language communication, um, but those can sometimes be two different things. So for example, we might have a family where mom loves to express her love through acts of service. She likes to do special things like pick up and do her son's chore for him. And she likes to take the time to write everybody notes in their lunches. And she likes to take the time to pack everybody's lunches, including dad's. So she might communicate and express her love through acts of service, but she might not love receiving it that way. <laughs> Maybe receiving acts of service isn't your cup of tea and that's okay. So if you have your child that comes to you and tries to do these acts of service for you and you find yourself cringing a little bit, that's not how I want to receive love. I'd much rather you spend time with me or use physical touch or those kinds of things. And that's okay too. So we'll dive into that example a little bit later, but just keep in mind that sometimes we give and we receive love differently. Another thing to keep in mind is that kids often fall into many of these categories, and especially as they're developing and growing, they explore and dabble their hands in each of them. One of the fun things that we want to challenge you to do this month is to try using all of them. See what really works, see what doesn't, see what's their favorite and what's just okay, and what's no thank you. <laughs> you can explore this and learn a little bit more with your kids over the course of the month if you're trying and exploring different ways of communicating love to them. It doesn't hurt to be loved. And so using all of these different tools to love on your children is a great thing. Instead of focusing on, well, my kid doesn't want that particular one, be a little bit more focused on what matters the most to them. If you try, you know, verbally affirming them by, by telling them how great they did at their spelling bee, and you also try doing an act of service for them, and you also try giving them a huge hug at the end of the night, and you notice that one of those things really makes them light up then keep that in mind. Just take note of those things. One of the ways that you can best do that is by observing and describing. And this is a great tool because a lot of times as we start to kind of gather this information, using this tool of observing and describing can make us more aware and it could also make our child more aware. And that mutual understanding can be really beneficial as we learn to strengthen and grow our relationships. So go over to our website. It's smarterparenting.com and click on learn. There you'll find a whole class on how to observe and describe. When you open it up, you'll find that there's a video and several resources on how to do this better. But I'm going to walk you through it in this podcast as it pertains to our topic. So the first step to observing describe is to observe the behavior, watch for it, be aware of it, be looking for it. These are all really great things that we can often forget to do as parents, just keeping our minds a little bit more open. So the steps to this skill are one, observe the behavior. Two, get your child's attention. Three, describe what you see using descriptive language. So when I'm using this with the love languages, I might be extra aware of the way that my child is giving their love. If they drew me a picture, then I might observe what they did. 
get their attention and make sure that they know that I'm talking with them by giving them eye contact and getting down on their level and then describing what I saw. Just now, you spent so much time drawing and creating this beautiful picture, and after all that hard work, you gave it to me. I was really descriptive about what I saw, and I can even describe things like how proud they were, or I saw that smile on your face, and it looks like you're really proud of yourself for working so hard. Thank you for giving this to me. Those kinds of things that really tie in exactly what's going on and exactly what we're seeing. Our child's going to start to piece together those pieces just like we are. And so it's really important that as we describe these things, that we're being very clear and we're not being vague or generalizing. Hey, thanks so much for drawing me a picture. That's much less meaningful than the example that I gave before. So let's go back to that example I gave a little bit earlier. Maybe acts of service really isn't your jam. So having your 12-year-old clean up your makeup drawer, inevitably incorrectly, is more irritating than appreciated. I was talking to a mom about this exact scenario a couple days ago, and she was describing the way that her daughter was trying to show her love for her, but she really just found it agitating. And so we talked about some ways that she could redirect this using the skill of observe and describe. So we started with first thanking them and using observe and describe to explain and express what she was seeing. This would sound like, Earlier, you cleaned up my bathroom. Thank you so much. It looks like you were really trying to show me that you cared for me, and I'm really grateful for that. So I was descriptive of exactly what I saw in cleaning up the bathroom. You can go through and I can express even what she cleaned up specifically. But I'm also pointing out that what I observed is her trying to express her love for me. And so in doing that, I can start to shape and redirect some of that. So then later in the day, she could go back to her daughter and she could say, I've noticed you really trying to show your love for me. And I wanted to tell you some of the ways that really matter to me. I love hugs and other nice touch. So when you do things like sit next to me or play with my hair, those are the moments that matter so much. And it really tells me that you love me. So I was very descriptive in exactly what I wanted to later observe from her. This can work in the reverse too, as I'm trying to shape some of those behaviors. So now I'm describing to her exactly what it means to care for and love for me. And so she can try those out later and I can acknowledge that again. So using some of this observe and describe can make both you aware and your child aware of what works best for you and how you like to receive love. Now, let's talk about some other ways that we can kind of start to understand and dissect the ways that our kids use these love languages. Thinking back and reflecting, I want you to take a moment to consider maybe three of the most memorable moments where your child expressed love for you. How did they do it? What was kind of the scenario or the context of it? And now start to see what love languages were there. Was it physical touch, quality time, words of affirmation, gifts, acts of service? Was it multiple Consider some of those things as you reflect on your experiences of the past. I'll tell you a story about another mom that I was talking to. This mom's name's Sarah, and she has a four-year-old also. So her four-year-old, she's got a daughter um, named Susan. So Sarah was just kind of expressing a scenario that happened in their family that was that was quite funny, actually. So she said, my four-year-old, Susan, regularly draws me pictures and creations. She loves making these things up. She will do arts and crafts and all sorts of things and bring them to me. She finds treasures on her walk home from preschool with me, and she wants me to keep them forever. And the other day, she caught me re-gifting some of that art to the garbage man. <laughs> and she was devastated. 
So Sarah and I talked about that meltdown that ensued and some of her frustrations with it. And Sarah just said, if, if she keeps all of her art, she'd be swimming in scraps and treasures and she doesn't want to crush her by throwing things away. But at the same time, it's not realistic. Not to mention, she really doesn't value the meltdown that happens anytime that she's recycling or regifting those treasures. So in this conversation, Sarah and I talked about Susan's love language and what really mattered to her. And it sounds, if you can tell in this story, it sounds like Susan really cares about gifts and that that was an important way of her expressing her love for her mom. So imagine telling somebody that you love them and having them say, well, I love the garbage man and how devastating that would be to you. <laughs> and so that's essentially what was happening in these interactions. And, and that's hard. It's hard for the four-year-old. It's hard for the mom. So we talked about some other ways that she can acknowledge her daughter's love by doing things like taking pictures of the artwork and creating a scrapbook either online or physically of all the different treasures and pictures that she's created for her. That way, Susan could be a little bit more involved in the recycling or the management of all of the many treasures that collected. And mom, Sarah, could have, you know, less of a uh, treasure collection. <laughs> it could be much more concise and it could even be kept just digitally. Maybe it's an online folder of pictures of different treasures that they have and that's free and easy. Or it could be a scrapbook that they create together in crafts or it could be a scrapbook that they order online and then it sits on their shelf and Sarah and Susan can sit together and look at those treasures anytime they want to. And that love language is then being really acknowledged. I really value you telling me that you love me and this is what I did with it. And so their interactions can be much more comfortable <laughs> as they kind of both navigate how to communicate with one another. And that's essentially what this is. This is this is ways to communicate with your loved ones about how you love them. So I haven't heard yet back on how that has gone doing the scrapbook, but I hope and I'm anticipating that things will go better now that Susan and Sarah both have a solution to that issue. So that kind of guides us into another question. So we talked about some of those memorable moments. I asked you to reflect on, you know, what, what made it clear through positive experiences and memories of what your child's love language was. Now let's look at that in the opposite direction. Think of some moments of challenge, maybe times where you've tried to express empathy or love and it wasn't well received, or you've noticed that your child has had a deficit of something. You haven't given a hug in over a week and they tend, they seem to be much more emotional or those kinds of things. What love languages were present and what love languages weren't? Can you notice and acknowledge times where maybe they've had a deficit or their cup has been emptied of the things that were important to them? You hadn't spent quality time with them in a long time, or you hadn't physically touched them through hugs and high fives and those kinds of things in a long time. And you started to notice that way on them. This can be a harder one to see, but if you start to picture and piece together some of the harder moments you've had, some of the tantrums, some of the meltdowns, some of the just emotional moments or frustration, start to look at those and find the patterns, find the circumstances that were going on around it to try to see what love languages were either present or impresent. Now that you've reflected on some of those, you can think of a way that you can observe that. So acknowledge that and communicate that with them. Even now, well after the event has occurred, you can observe and describe and go back and kind of reflect on that memory with your child. So that conversation might sound like this. I was thinking about some of the experiences we've had over the last month, and I've noticed that when 
I don't have enough time to really spend time with you after school talking about your day, that we have a harder evening and that that's been pretty consistent. And it occurred to me that that's a really important part of your day and spending that quality time together, really just talking and having a snack and then moving on to the rest of our errands and activities that we have for the day really makes a big difference in how you are feeling. Is that right? What do you think? And asking your child a little bit more and and having them be descriptive of what they're seeing or experiencing. This will depend on your child's age. You know, how old are they? How self-reflective can they be? Uh, But a lot of times, give your kid the benefit of the doubt. They can be pretty self-aware in a lot of circumstances and can give you some context or insight into what matters to them. They might say, you know, it really wasn't the time. It was just the fact that you made me a snack. That made me feel really special. Okay, that just changed the whole story. I was observing and thinking that this was about quality time. And they just told me that this was about an act of service. And that's much easier for me to incorporate into my schedule. And maybe I care about the quality time portion of that conversation or that experience. And so we can both get a little bit out of it, or I can just make a special point to make their snack, even when we are in a hurry and I can't spend time sitting and eating it with them, I can still make it and put it out for them. So some of those kinds of tools with observing and describing can help you just be a little bit more aware and even reflective with your child through the process. So over the next couple of weeks, we are going to continue to dive into these. And I want you to use this skill of observe and describe throughout the course of the next week to try to understand and get a better idea of what matters most to your child, what matters most to you, and how to best balance that relationship. Then we're going to dive into some specifics of things that you can do and things you can look out for and ways you can keep their love languages in mind according to the different categories. And we'll break these down over the next couple of podcasts. So as a final reminder, our focus and our goal for this episode is observing and describing. And that has three simple steps. Observe the behavior, get your child's attention, and describe what you saw using specific language and phrases. Then I also would like you guys to consider and reflect on those different love languages. And the five love languages were gifts, words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, and acts of service. So consider the ways those are exchanged within your family. I can't wait to dive into these more with you guys, and we look forward to your feedback. So if you would like to join us on Instagram, participate in some of our challenges that are coming up this month, and dive more into love languages, please do. Our Instagram page is at Smarter Parenting, and we'd love to hear your success stories. So send us a message on there or comment on this podcast so that we can hear more about how this is applying to your life and ways we can tailor a podcast to you. It's been a pleasure talking to you all and I can't wait to dive into this more this month. Have a great week.